0: That was uh, a colossal, epic uh, collapse in the in the third period last night. I thought we were in good shape through 40 minutes. And then, uh, you know, the Ottawa Senators came to life and uh, took a lead and, you know, nurse tied it up and Ottawa takes the lead again and we could never catch up. And... Uh, now we're in the depths of despair once again. <laughs> what did you think of that?
1: Oh man, I don't know where to begin. I mean, this is—you um, know—it's—it's a—it's uh, uh, it's just that way, right? I mean, uh, you know, Connor said it. He said they're finding a way to lose games. Look, I mean, uh, yeah, there's lots going on with this team. And, um, the first goal is, is just one of those things. And I, and I think, you know, even though we got up to that, um, three to one game, when everything kind of goes according to what the game plan is, which is the other team will score first and, you know, you won't get the saves when you need them. And Hey, look, I'm not blaming, I'm not, I'm not going to be on that bandwagon to blame Skinner, but he didn't make the saves when you wanted him to, um, you know, it just seems it just seems like inevitable. I, you know, at at three to one, I I know I didn't feel like it was uh, an in the bag kind of game. I felt a little bit more confident than I felt in a long time. But I certainly, I didn't leave that game last night being surprised in any way, shape, or form. Did you?
0: It almost seems like you're you're waiting for that bad. To, to happen. Right. I mean, uh, and I don't, you know, Terry Jones wanted to throw Stuart Skinner under the bus. I, I think, you know, him coming in there, um, and kind of dethroning Koskinen to be the, to be the guy here. Um, I think that put some pressure on him and I, and I think maybe that kind of got to him a little bit in, in the, in the third. And, you know, the one mistake leads to two leads to three kind of thing. Um, I think, you know, Bouchard and Legasin were victims of circumstance as well. Um, They're on the ice for all three of those. I thought, you know, I thought there were some guys that had good efforts. But, yeah, you've got to take that 3-1 lead and extend it to 4-5, 6-1. And maybe at 8-1, you you know, as an Euler fan right now, you can start to breathe. Because it's almost like, uh, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> an epic collapse is just on the horizon that uh, i i don't know and I, I don't know what to think of last night like um you know i i don't know who, who's at fault what to blame really i don't know if that's cuz you're in a good spot and then you just the wheels fall off like personally i don't know if if that one that's one that i can pin on coaching or what but what well, here I-
1: here's one thing i got a question for you because you are, you're winning uh, three to one, right? You're, you're doing all right, you're skating through. Your top line, they've had an answer for all night, right? But you've got guys that seem to have come to play last night. Yamamoto, who uh, you know played well, Arby, I thought I had a hell of a game in there getting pucks and uh, making some plays. I thought that was Hyman's best game in a while. Do you um, I mean, do you play the? Maybe it's just me, but I think maybe you play those guys more, right? Like, you know, somebody said it seemed like he benched Yamamoto after he scored that goal. He didn't bench Yamamoto. He benched the whole team, right? Like the whole team sat while Connor and Leon played, you know, the whole game. Hey, and look, you know, they're, they, they made some chances, but I thought DJ Smith coached Ottawa perfectly on how to defend against them or break them up, do something. I don't know to me that's to me there is a bit of a coaching thing there right like you're you're throwing the same shit against the wall it wasn't working during the first part of the game but the stuff that was working you decided to let that sit on the bench and get cold I don't know
0: it didn't really seem like McDavid and Dreisaitl were really on the same page like uh Connor Connor was trying to you know go wide and and, and cut to the net and he had he had his legs last night, like uh, he was he was going. But I didn't see a lot of dangerous chances from him, really, you know. And trying to go through a whole team and all that, like I don't know, it, it just doesn't seem like much of a plan, it, it, you know. It's not like Settles right there with him on a lot of that. I thought Cassian was all, all right, but he he has a hard time keeping up, you know, to Connor. And yeah, so does, he does. And so does everybody. Um, but you know, yeah. I mean, Fogle last night. I think he fell down like he was playing uh, in, in novice again. But that that was a beautiful alley oop pass to Yamamoto there to spring him for that breakaway. Oh, yeah. And it was and, and it was really almost like a nothing play. Like <laughs> we're going to throw it off the scoreboard. But he did see him way up ice and and it hit him and, and he was gone. And I thought Yamamoto was going to run out of real estate and I think him falling down kind of spooked the goalie a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. No, he didn't get everything on that or anything on that, but (laughs) no, but, but, but had enough to presence of mind to kind of just leave it five hole and it kind of went in for him. So, um, yeah. And and Puliarvi and and Hyman, you know, and McLeod, that trio, when, when they were on the ice, they were in the offensive end and in the offensive end for sustained time. Like, um, you know, it was almost a wasted effort. I mean, Nurse played a hell of a game with CeCe and, and Keith and Barry were okay. Like I, I saw Barry uh, put one on the tape of, of the Sens early <laughs> early in the first period. But after that, he settled down. And I, I, I honestly think that was Duncan Keith's best game as, a, as an Edmonton Oiler and kind of a wasted effort.
1: So here, you know, we could, you know, and, and I see this now, right? Like as the fans are, they're starting to turn on the uh, quote unquote leadership of this team, Drysdale and McDavid. And I get that because they're, you know, they're the guys, right. And uh, McDavid didn't do himself any favors for that part of the, of the um, fan base that doesn't want to see a Vander Kane, right. When he said it is what it is, right. You know, so people are starting to question these guys, but here's, here's my thinking on that. And, and I'm all right. You question, McDavid and dry settle. In fact, I've got a lot of questions for those guys myself, but in a night like last night where dry settle, you know, dry settle lately seems to be a bit of a neutral zone turnover machine. Right. And McDavid's doing this, trying to get through the whole team thing. Like they're the New York, New York Rangers again. Right. Uh, for that next goal of the year candidate, but when you're, <laughs> man, <laughs> you know, this to me, like be prepared, anybody that's listening in right now, because I'm not going to find any good in what Tippett's doing with this team, but when you are Tippett and you are treating those players as the only thing that's going to get you through to the next level, then they're going to put it on their back and do everything they think they need to do by themselves, because that's how you're coaching this team. Right. And, um, and that's how it's going to work. Like it just, you know it's crazy. Like this is um, this is the way that uh, this is the way that Tippett's coached them to believe that they're the only guys that are going to change uh, change the way that this team uh, this team comes out of this. Right? Like everything's on their back. They got to do everything, and I think they're faltering a little bit because that's a lot of pressure for two guys to carry a whole team. Um, And they don't need to. I think that there's a whole bunch of team there that is purely capable of, as we saw last night, you know, the bottom six, uh, bottom nine, they were, you know, they were the ones producing. And I just think we got to start, or not we, but Tippett or whoever ends up and and we'll talk about what that, you know, what what may may or may not happen tomorrow. But they got to start trusting in the rest of the team. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, we don't need to be professional hockey players to know you've played enough hockey, right? Mike, that, you know, if you played 15 minutes of an hour long game, how good are you going to be when, when you're called upon, right? You got to keep, you got to be in the game. You got to be, you got to be playing more than that. Uh, Mr. T on uh, YouTube says, I really liked how McLeod played last night. Oh, that's my thoughts. I'll let you. It's your show. I'm taking over here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, that's all right. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. You've you got to get everybody, you know, kind of engaged somehow. And you know, if if yeah, you, you ride your Clydesdales, but you can't do that all the time, or you wear them out. And other teams like adapt and they they game plan for for Connor and Leon. And they don't game plan really for a lot of everything else because you can't game plan for everything. So you, you, you know, you you game plan to what you think is going to give you the best chance of winning, you know. And and there is there is starting to be a little bit of chemistry between McLeod, Hyman, and, and Puliarvi, and then you go away from it. Yamamoto and Fogle almost had instant chemistry last night, and and you go away from it. You know, Perlini score scores a goal, and 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 then how much more quality ice time. Did he see not, not a lot like, you know, and I don't know, I, you know, you, you question leadership. I I looked at nurse after he scored, you know, to tie it back at four and I saw him on the bench there and he's kind of jawing at people and trying to get them going, you know, he, and he's mad. He's like, we can't, I know what he's thinking. He's, he's thinking we, we can't lose to the senators. Let's go. We're back yeah. in the game. We need the next goal. And and I know he was thinking that and it didn't seem like it was really reciprocated by anybody. So it's like, he's barking to nobody.
1: But I still go to this point, Mike, like, it doesn't matter. You're Darnell nurse. You go out there, you score a goal and you get to the bench and you're screaming at me to do something. But I know I'm looking behind me and I'm saying, Hey, you know, what, what's my coach, you know, coach, like I'm ready to do something. Put me in. Put me I, in coach. I'm ready to play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm, I'm riding the pine the rest of the game. I might've scored, but I'm going to ride the pine. Right. Instead I'm, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm watching, you know, McDavid and Dryside will go out shift after shift after shift. Right. Right. Like, I, you know, we're, we're not, if, it's not like we're winning. It's not like I'm watching them go out shift after shift and your team's winning games. Right. Cause you know, I've been on that side too. I've been on teams where there's guys that are, you know, all-stars, superstars, they get out there and they win games for you night after night, after night. And you're like, give them more ice time. But right now they're not winning games night after night, after night. I'm looking at my coach and I do something right. And you know what? I'm I'm still, I'm sitting there riding a the pine, right? Like this is just, it's just ridiculous. And it's, And McDavid and Dreisaitl don't need that type of pressure in this, in this time. And you got to change up your, your strategy, your game strategy. There are a lot of things good about last night, right? Like you're talking about secondary performance, a lot of good things, right? Like there's just so many, so many, you know, I thought, um, like watching nurse score again, Bouchard rattled one off the post, right? Like, yeah. You know, he continues to do some good things. I thought for even, even all the stuff that we, you know, we get on uh, Keith and that, Keith had a couple of outlets that were, you know, bang on, nice outlets. A lot of good things that team's doing. It's just that, you know, there's no consistency and no reward for doing the right things night after night, right? Like it's just, you know, the, the strategy is, let's see how much I can get McDavid and Drysiddle out there and play them. And, and then there's no, you're up three to one, right? Like I thought that, um, I mean, we've, we've had this in the group chat, but I've thought that, uh, was, was meant to be a defensive coach, right? Like let's, you know, let's adjust now that we've had this, you know, now that we've had this lead, right. Let's adjust our game. Let's make damn sure that you know. Let's help our let's help our goalie out, right? Let's help Skinner out. It's not look, Skinner wasn't great, but it's not like we were doing him any favors either, right? Like it's, he's not, you know.
0: Again,
1: oh, against I don't against, know
0: where to start. against the Islanders, like you know, they had a lead going into the third, and they sat back. They they, they sat back in a trap. You know, they stopped forechecking. And you can't, they're, they're not good enough defensively to do that for a full period yeah, fair enough, fair with, enough. with, 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 with the one goal lead last night, they had a two goal lead. Yeah. And, and, you know, part of me wants to see them still, you know, push for offense to get that insurance insurance goal, you know, um, insurance on your insurance goal. And, and another part of me wants to see them, you know, it's crunch time, tighten up defensively and and don't give like they they gave up 13 shots heading into the third period. And I think I think Ottawa ended with about 26 uh shots on goal. So in the third period they they did as much damage as they did the two periods before. So what changed? I mean really you should be playing the same game. If not tightening up even more defensively, you know, and and, and they didn't. And and that that might be the single most thing you could have as for an indictment against the coaching staff. Um,
1: yeah. And, and there's, and there's lots of areas to start. I, I mean, and that, and that was, and that's exactly it. Right. I mean, you, you said it right. Like, you, you know, tighten up, do those things. I mean, part of it's mental. I, to me that, you know, argue with me all you want, but to me, a coach is out there to help with the mental aspect of the game. Right. Like I said if you're watching tonight this is you know I'm not going to be easy on Tippett tonight. Like this is I and and, and we shouldn't be.
0: I mean, guy- have you have you noticed a change in him? I mean the last game that they lost where Koskinen was in net he 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 took him to the woodshed, right? So to speak. And 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 you know maybe it's you know some people want to say it's about time and and whatever. That happened, you know, and, and then after last night, I listened to him and Jim Matheson teed him up to to absolutely lay into Skinner. And he laid off of that. He, he didn't throw Skinner under the bus. And it almost seems like he's just numb right now. Like he was pissed after the that game. I, I forget uh, the last one that we lost where Koskinen was in that. He was pissed after that. But after last night, it almost sounded like the guy was numb. And, and I almost would prefer that he was pissed off rather than numb because that, to me, signals a guy that doesn't know what to do anymore.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and he can't, right? Like, he can't know what to do. He's, he's tried everything that's in his bag of tricks, right? Like, he's, you know, this is, this is the moment where it's up to, you know, Holland to step in and say, look, like, I've seen enough. Yeah, And you're, and you're not the guy to get us over this hump. Look, Tippett's Tippett's a fine coach. He's he's had a good regular season career. He's not had a great playoff career and I keep going on that. But shit, like, you know, it, was it the wrong thing to hire him for coach? I don't know. I mean, he look, he he got us into the playoffs right out of the, out of the hop and had, you know, and he's had some bad luck. But at some point, right? Paul Maurice says, you know what? Sorry guys, like I think my time's done here. Now there's not a lot of coaches going to do that. And I think in terms of your contract and everything you, you know, if you resign, you walk away from whatever dollars are left. Right. Whereas if you get fired, it's a guaranteed contract. Right. So you'll get, you'll get the money left there. I think, you know, if you, if you were to get uh tip it into a room and be able to get the truth out of him, I I think he'd probably say exactly what Paul Maurice says says i don't you know i don't have the room anymore right like i'm i'm not the guy for this job like he's he's used everything he can do he doesn't he doesn't know the strategy beyond what he's tried and is, and and it's not been successful so far and don't you know everybody's saying goaltending right like don't don't tell me goaltending a lot of teams have done better with shittier goaltending right I- like you know, maybe it's I, Schwartz. I don't know, but but teams think, have done better with shittier goaltending.
0: I think there's a lot of everything going on here. You know, yeah, it's not, oh, it's for not, sure. It's not just one thing. Like, like when Dash and you were talking and he was talking about, you know, your basement leaking and, you know, you got your weeping tile, you've got all these issues, crack foundation, all that. Uh, I think he's on to something. Like, yeah, I think goaltending is a bit of an issue. I think we probably could use um, a defenseman to solidify – kind of the third pairing there, you know, make that a little bit stronger, a little bit of help up front. And uh, honestly, it it may just be like a fait accompli here. We, you know, like you said, Tippett was to his credit. I mean, he's improved special teams immensely. um, And that goes to kind of all the staff, I guess. And, you know, playoff team and back-to-back seasons, but first round exits. So, and, and in both situations, you were a high, higher ranked seed coming in. So, you know, that, that lends itself to, you know, tactical issues still can't figure out, you know, this team's identity. And, and a lot of times the team's identity stems from the, the coaching staff, you know, you know what you're going to get out of a Barry Trotz team, you know, Daryl Sutter, you know, what you're getting out of Sutter hockey that hasn't changed in what 40 years. <laughs> what is Dave Tippett's stamp on this team? I couldn't tell you.
1: Well, here, here's, here's the thing, right. It, as well. And I, and I a hundred percent agree with you. Cause I, you know, I've talked about that a lot. The um, if you if you were to take the, would you take the Oilers roster over the Canucks roster? Because I sure as hell would, right. If I was a coach and I had my choice, of the Oilers roster or the Canucks roster and the Oilers roster with all of its deficiencies, which we know it has, I would still take the Oilers roster 100% of the time flames roster versus the Oilers roster. Same thing. But I look at the Canucks who have done well recently under a new coaching style, right? They beat Washington tonight, which we wouldn't, you know, we'd, we'd be lucky if we didn't get blown out 10 to one against Washington. They've got Demco and they've got DiPietro back backing them up, right? Like we're not talking, you know. Like, if if the Oilers were to trade for either of those guys, there'd be a, a shitload of fans out there that would be pissed off, right? If they got them in in net, you know they've got, uh, you know they've they've got nothing that I would say. Like Chason's playing on their team. We got rid of him, <laughs> right? Like. This is not a team that you know you no anybody's gonna take. If they if you just put them on paper and you say, Are we gonna take the Canucks or are we gonna take the Oilers roster? People are gonna take the Oilers roster.
0: Here's a question for you. Would yeah, you rather ahead. would you rather Tyler Ennis than some of the guys that are in our bottom six?
1: No. I mean, you know, it like I I maybe, maybe, maybe not. But <laughs> Look at, you know, Fogel, I think, is a hell of a hockey player, bottom six player, right? Like, we've, we've seen moments. Perlini should be able to score some goals, right? He obviously, he's not going to score the way he did in preseason because he he's not getting the minutes,
0: but it's starting, come, um, it's, it's starting to come for him, though.
1: Yeah. I mean, he had uh, this is off of YouTube, uh, you know, Shore had six minutes, Perlini had 523 last night. You know, Mr. T says NS over tourists any day. Okay. I agree with that. And, um, you know, the thing is, is, is Holland did do some things to shore up the, the depth on this team. And all of us were raving about it at the beginning of the year. Right. I I shouldn't say we're raving about it, but we were saying this team has more depth than we've seen. Connor McDavid said that it's more depth on this team than I've seen since we started here. Right. But now, now we're going, now we're regressing to a non-playoff team. Like it, you know, there's a, there is a point at which I get COVID, I get injuries, I get all this shit, but everybody else is dealing with that and they're doing just fine, you know, or, or they're getting through it. Right. But we've regressed and we've some, and we you know, supposedly added to our team Sure, goaltending is a bit of an issue, but I think Skinner actually is a good good goaltender that can keep you in enough nights that you should be able to, with this lineup, outscore the opposition. Yeah. We expected that from this team. Uh, Shannon on Facebook says, McLeod was great last night. This is the first time, because we're forced, to that McLeod's getting anything resembling ice time. McLeod's a worthwhile player to get good time on this team, right? You know, if you want your bottom six to be scoring, give, give McLeod a little bit more responsibility, right? James on YouTube says, literally the most depressing year in the past 20 years. That emotional roller coaster is just heartbreaking. That's where we're at. We're regressing. Like, I don't know. Did you not think this was the most depth we've had on forward in a long time this year, going into the season?
0: I, I got, like, it, last night watching that game, you know, you're going through it and they're in good shape going into the third. And then the wheels of the bus just come completely off. And at the end of the game, uh, I'm left feeling like I just got, you know, punched in in the gut and had the wind knocked out of me. Like, I, I, uh, it's, it's, it, we're in that spot again where it's, you know, you watch the games <laughs> and, and I watch it to the bitter end. But uh, the enjoyment factor has really gone down and, um, you know, and we're just fans. I, I, I mean, you can see the, the frustration and, and letdown in Connor's face in his interview, probably more so than any other time he's ever done an interview. Yeah, well, it he's just- got
1: to feel responsible, right? Like he's, he spent 25 minutes on the ice last night. If I played half the game like that and he played pretty close to half the game, I'd feel damn responsible for losing. Right. What was his, what, what was his plus minus was minus two last night. Wasn't it? Am I wrong on that? I think he finished minus two. I'm going to look it up, but uh, you know, I mean, yeah, like he should feel (laughs) right. Like he should feel a little bit uh, down and, and responsible. Right, like he, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm positive he finished not minus two last night. I
0: think, I think, you know, BX uh, as much as I hate him when he was wearing a Canucks and Ducks uh, jersey, um, you know, when he was saying last night is is they have to take more pride in in the defensive side of the game, and you know, it's putting a puck in the net is is just as important as keeping a puck out of your own net, and. The whole team needs to take pride in, in doing both. So um, that's, that's, the, that's the lesson really that needs to be learned. Um, and, and, you know, you can put that on players. You can put that on coaching. Um, I don't know. It just, it's, it's, it's difficult watching this kind of spin cycle of misery uh, night after night, they they need to get a win, and it doesn't get any easier. I mean, Florida's up next on on Thursday, and uh, you know if Florida doesn't make the Stanley Cup final, uh, they they probably are are getting very close to that. You know, they're probably an Eastern Conference final candidate. Who knows? But they're is this that, here. Right let now. me
1: ask you something. Is this the joke of the NHL right now? Is this? franchise the joke of the nhl somebody on twitter put you know if you're embarrassed about this team uh then you're not a fan well i you know i disagree with that because <laughs> look this, this team is it's incredibly embarrassing to be a fan right now yeah,
0: I'm, the I'm only not. the
1: only positive is is that the flames are in a bit of a tailspin too <laughs> <laughs> right otherwise otherwise i'd be getting texts every freaking day Oh. but uh biz nasty posted last night he said um yeah, they're in the next 10 games the Oilers face the Panthers twice lightning predators capitals and the hurricanes biz nasty says edmonton might get right at this rate
0: yeah. I, you know i'm not even embarrassed I, it's it's beyond that like it's it's depression <laughs> it, it it's uh yeah, I mean embarrassing is getting blown out one night 13 to 1 or something like that. Um when 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 you're this far off, I mean it's it's beyond embarrassing. It's it's just like let how, me ask you how, as a fan how do, you, how do you let it get this bad and not do anything about it?
1: Well, you know, and that's and that's probably what I what I would say what the question I want to ask you is how as a fan like how do you feel about this? And that, and that's my answer is how do you let it get this bad? right? Like, how do you let it even get to this point? Because I would suggest to you that three, four, five games ago, most Oilers fans were calling for a shakeup of some sort. Right? But, you know, maybe even more than that, six, seven games ago, like folks saw the writing on the wall in mid-December. So how is it that you can sit there and keep you know, putting out the same lineup, same coaching staff, same everything for that long. That's frustrating as a fan. We got, all we can do is sit out, sit here on our podcasts, on our, you know, blogs on, on, you know, all Spectre can do, or any of those guys can write about it. But there's one guy at, you know, at the helm here that's got to do something about it. Right. And the other guy, that can do something about it on a game-by-game basis doesn't seem to be doing anything, right? Like Tippett doesn't seem to be changing his strategy at all, right? So what do you do? What do you do? Like what, you know, like this, This you keep talking about the definition of insanity, doing the same <laughs> thing over and over again. And that's exactly for, you know, the greater part of 15 years the Oilers have been doing, Right. Like that, you know, it's year after year. It's the rest of the team is starting to pass us by. And yes, it's getting frustrating. It's getting embarrassing to be a fan. It's getting harder and harder every year. If you didn't think the decade of darkness was, <laughs> was bad, which it was. Now we've got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, arguably the two best players in the whole world. And we're not, we're, we're what? Two points out of a wild card spot. Right. With and having to pass two or three people to get there, including our rivalry rivals to the to the south that have a dinosaur coaching them behind the bench. (laughs) Right. Like, I don't, I don't know. Come on, man. Like, somebody, like, somebody should be knocking on Holland's door and asking him if like he can hear or see anything that's going on.
0: The thing that's troublesome too is, you, you know, like from a coaching standpoint, you know, Cooper Marody, he's he's doing well in the AHL. Won't won't give him a sniff here with the big club. Like, what do you have to lose? Honestly, like, give give him some time. Let, you know, put him in him in. Uh, Benson's in COVID protocol or whatever right now, but he'll be out. You know, put pair that line that that was lighting up the AHL. Give them some time. Like, you don't have anything to lose. Go for it. I think give Skinner another game. See see. You know, if he can bounce back, I think. What what do you have to lose there?
1: And the answer that we've heard so far, the biggest answer is Evander Kane. Now, right, it, it, about over half the people watching tonight probably think Evander Kane should be an Oiler, right? But Kevin biexa who I think you know a lot of people like now, <laughs> right? <laughs> Even though he's, you know, he's still biexa but yeah. you know, he said it. He's he's. The thing he said shocked me the most is he said, if I'm any other team in the league, there's no way I let BX on this team. But the weather is, well, you know, maybe. <laughs> Why is it even there? Why is wow. it even at that point?
0: You want to talk about a major shakeup. I mean, that's it right there in a nutshell. That, that's, that's, that's an earthquake in your dressing room. Oh, man. And it, and it can either go one way or the other. And you're at a spot right now where, what do you have to lose? Everything. Well, you're on your way to that anyway. So, and what's, what's the acquisition cost? Really not a lot, you know, a million, million and a half. Okay. I, you know, I I know there's a lot of people that are, are, you know, totally against it and he's got, you know, his, his share of baggage. Is he guilty of all the transgressions that have been accused from him? I have no idea. Some people think he's, he's guilty of sin. And, you know, uh, once you get into abuse stuff that uh, a lot of it doesn't come forward anyway, so there might be more there than what's out there and he has custody of his kids so that means he's a saint well no it doesn't means he's got deep pockets and probably can afford a good lawyer and might have won that way it doesn't mean that he's a good guy or a bad guy or anything it just means that you know, the, the judge thought that the kids were better off with him but. I, I, I don't want to pass judgment on the guy. Um, that's uh, for me to condemn somebody I've never met. That's not what I'm about. I I usually judge people after I meet them and have an interaction with them. Not, not based on their past history. Um, you know, but, uh, the, (laughs) to me, to me, if you, if you did get Evander Kane, it's, it's like taking on Antonio Brown and, uh, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did uh, two years ago, and you know they won a they won a Super Bowl from it, but this season it didn't work out, so they had to cut the guy loose. And you know they probably would have been Super Bowl favorites again this year if if he was on the straight and arrow, but he wasn't. So they still might win a Super Bowl without him. They're a pretty good team. Um, well,
1: you know, here's the thing: it should never get to the point where we're having to look at Kane. Should never have been. Should never have been at that point.
0: Nope. Uh, What, what, you know, what contributes to that is, you know, taking a a Duncan Keith at full salary. I, I, I didn't mind the Keith trade myself, but I was never a fan of taking on his full salary. And to me, you've got a GM that's a little bit scared to negotiate or too nice of a guy to ask for a better deal. Like, uh, you know, it's like, it's like buying a car. Keith wasn't a brand new car. He, he's got a few miles on him. Yeah. So, to, you, you know, let, you're... That, let that me part. give
1: you some food for thought here because, you know, we're we're going to talk a little bit about Vander Kane. Okay. As an Oilers fan, we have, for the most part, left Connor McDavid and Leon settle alone, right? We have not gone after them for anything for fear of, hey, for one, we're a little fragile because you know, we've been conditioned to believe that they might ask to leave. Right. You know, at some point, I mean, we've heard it a million times. They might be asked to leave. So we, you know what, we, we don't want to load up on them. And anytime somebody has loaded up on them, we, we get, (laughs) you know, we, we ratio them. I'm not going to make myself any fans for saying this, but there is, there is a bit of a reckoning for Connor McDavid right now that, you know, we need to look at, which is, you know, everybody's talking about our defense on this team. Who did he pick? He picked Duncan Keith. He picked Tyson Barry. And now we're asking him, you know, well, what about Evander Kane? And he's going to pick Evander Kane. Like he is, he is like, he's partly responsible for the shit show. That is our defense right now. where the second and third highest paid guys, you know, aren't really great defensively. Right. Like, I, look, i There's no doubt in my mind, Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. Maybe the best player we've ever been able to see just from a skill level point. But he's got to like take something on the head here. He's got to, you know, he's got to stand for something. He's got to get up there and say, look, you know, these are, these are my guys. This is what I've done. Right. Like that's, that's him. You know,
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But like Like he he he, is this team he could want Duncan Keith, you know, to be a part of this club, him and dry both because Keith was really good in the, in that play in series. Um, and, One and, series and,
1: and they never at, did shit after that Chicago. R-
0: right. Yeah. Right. And that can hold water, but as a GM, you know, you're, you're targeting this guy. You don't have to assume the salary that Chicago at the time decided to pay Keith. You don't have to assume that full, you know, you know, that full meal deal. If they would have picked up Keith at four million bucks, you know, instead of the five and a half or five point four, whatever the exact number is, that extra million and a half would have went a long ways to doing some other things.
1: Oh yeah, I'm look, I mean, that's my issue. There, with it. there are things that Holland could have done better negotiating, and Holland's got a lot of work to do. But there are a lot of areas of this team that need some need some work, and I'm just what I'm trying to point out is, is from a leadership level, those guys, they, they need a little bit of work too. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> like I, yeah, I, I love Connor McDavid. I love dry settle, but. I'll like will
0: something else at you. That extra million and a half that would have been there. If you would have chiseled the price down to 4 million for Keith and don't tell me Chicago wouldn't have dealt him and, and ate a million and a half to, to, you know, get rid of that you tack on that million and a half to Adam Larson's uh, contract when you're negotiating with him, that probably keeps him here.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe it does. I mean, you know, here's the other thing is, is we don't know how much McDavid had to do with Duncan Keith coming to, to Edmonton. Right. Right. I mean, you know, who knows, right. Who knows for sure uh, how much he had, he had to do with that and and what the pressure was right after holland said hey you know mcdavid do you want to um do you want to call you want duncan keith on this team and and mcdavid says yes go out and get him i don't care what it costs but i want this guy right like we don't know the pressure that holland's under right like if uh you know if that's the guy that mcdavid says that's the guy you go get i just look this is um I'm just bringing up something that really, I mean, up until now I've been, I've been, I've held off on because I, we don't, we, you know, the last thing those guys need is for the Oilers fan base to, to jump on them. I'm just saying they're part of the team, right? Like they're part of the team. McDavid's McDavid is the biggest part of this team and he's having some effect on the roster composition and it's about time, right? Like that, You know, things start to change that, you know, that um, (laughs) look, I I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I just, I just, he's not without blame anymore.
0: Right. I don't, I don't think Connor has the same like LeBron James level of pull as basically he's your, he's your general manager, but I I think there's definitely influence there. Uh,
1: It's got to be pretty damn close because this, this team has wallowed in, you know, (laughs) like the bottom for forever right and you have Connor mcdavid like he is he is the face of the franchise right like you do not want him to go anywhere yeah right if i'm ken holland i and i get it if i'm ken holland and Connor tells me he wants duncan keith i go out and get duncan keith because in the back of my head i'm thinking please don't please don't ask for a trade mr mcdavid (laughs) right you know
0: yeah, yeah, I I don't think you can run your team, though, totally afraid, you know, because if you're that way, I think you've already lost it. Um But the part that's like that I, I wrestle with is, you know, this this losing streak under under Tippett, I think, is 10 and two or something. Um the only two wins came when he was kind of uh, on the shelf with COVID himself. Yeah. yeah
1: the only and, two wins came when he wasn't behind. He's, he's actually 12 in a row, I think is what it
0: is. And, 12 losses and, in a row. And, you know, at some point, uh, uh, I, I think there has to be a termination here or or Holland risks going down with them. You know, you know you, you're both going to drown. You can only extend so much rope before you both go down. I don't exactly know what that point is, but we've got to be getting close to it.
1: Oh, well, okay. So here's the rumor, right? You've heard it. I've heard it. Is we're going to see a press conference tomorrow, an Oilers press conference tomorrow. Um, have you uh, have you heard that? By the way, I mean, maybe you have heard it. Maybe I haven't. But I've I've been hearing from a couple of different sources.
0: What Nation put that out earlier today and and you know people have uh
1: no it wasn't just oilers nation though i heard uh rashad hinted at it gazola hinted at it
0: well by hinting at it they retweeted uh woodcroft's uh post game from last night when they when the condors won that that was the hint (laughs) so i don't know how much stock you want to put into that but uh you know People have said that you know Woodcroft was on a flight from LA to Edmonton today. Ah, well,
1: that stuff I don't believe. I mean, we saw Evander Evander Kane was everywhere in Edmonton.
0: Some something (laughs) tells me that you know there might be a press conference, but what is that going to mean? I I I don't know. Is Ottawa losing Ottawa the last straw, or or was dropping ten games? You know, I, I I don't know. I don't know really what to think of it. I'm I'm highly skeptical. I, I uh you know Ken Ken does a press conference, you know, before what was it, uh, before kind of during that well so that so the
1: Ken Ken Holland press conference, by the way, was requested, right? Like that was that was the Oilers giving in to the press demands. Right. And I and I, you know, I get that.
0: He, you know, they and and that press conference was okay status quo. So what's...
1: Yeah, but well, I mean that's he, and he has no choice, right? Like he can't go out there and say, "Look, you know, Tippett's got one more game left." I mean, we've seen this a million times. The GM says, "Oh yeah, no, no, he's good," and then the next day he fires his coach. I mean, he's got he, you know, yeah, it's do, like do you... any boss, right? Out there, <laughs> you don't let them know until they're
0: <laughs> a yeah, Friday right. late
1: like, Friday afternoon, right?
0: Right. Do you, uh, do you pick up that same vibe though with with Ken Holland? Cause I, I don't, I I think he's been, you know, pretty transparent and pretty much what he says is what he does. Like he, he doesn't seem like the best poker player to me.
1: Yeah. Here's, here's my thing. I no I like, I think so. I just, uh, you know, I questioned after his presser, he said, you know, he, he, he did allude to the fact that there would be a point if there was, that there could be a point at which he would make a change.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Like he, he did hint at that. Yeah. He didn't say what it was. And I think a lot of us left there thinking that that was, you know, somewhere, you know, 10 games down the line when we're well out of a playoff spot.
0: Right. I mean, I'm skeptical because, at some point like i say like you're both going to drown if you don't let go of the rope at some point but are we there now maybe Well, i mean what
1: i mean how much more there could we possibly be i, I guess yeah, I, I think uh, we were there 3 games ago yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean let's let's have a look at the standings i'm looking at the standings right now off of nhl.com and we are there there are 2 ahead of us so we're, we're sitting uh, three spots out of a, of, of a wildcard spot and Winnipeg and Calgary are next in line, both with a game in hand on us. Like that, you know, at this point of the season, right? This is the point of the season that it, in a normal year, we would say this is how the playoffs are going to shake out, right? This is where the good money is, right? Is whoever's in there right now, that's who's going to be in there. You might... Maybe Calgary beat San Jose to get in there. Maybe they don't, right? San Jose's got, you know, they've played an extra five games and they're only two points up. Uh, but the Oilers, if you're looking at the standings today, are not going to be in the playoffs. They had a chance to be in that spot right outside of the card position, tied with Calgary, maybe a game in hand. Last night, going into the third period, they had a chance, and they blew it. And, and now, I mean, you said it, right? Like, the, the, the thing is, is that, that was a turning point last night, right? Like, last night's a big turning point. You saw it in McDavid. You saw it in, in everything. You saw it in, in the media. You saw it in everything that came out the next day, today. It's a turning point. It's a, uh, <laughs> you know, it's one of those moments in time that you can look at and say, remember when the Oilers lost to Ottawa, right? Remember when the Oilers lost to Ottawa. And at that point, right, this is, this is a moment in time that everybody can point to as, as being an inflection point for the Oilers where they have to do something even like they're they're obviously they can't sign a vander Kane tomorrow right so they've got to, they've got to do something so i believe a press conference is going to happen tomorrow if it's tip it we'll see i don't know but but if you don't do anything after today the this this team is done if nothing happens between now and next game I guarantee you this team is not making the playoffs. Like this was the, this was it. This was the, you know, there's not, you can't, you can't, there's no other time, right? This is the time that Holland was talking about. This is the, this is the moment that, you know, you said, well, we'll wait and see. There's, we got to pass too many people to get into the playoffs. Right. Like, like, I, man, I'm frustrated as a fan right now. Right. Like, couldn't, yeah, be, how, couldn't be, couldn't be any worse.
0: How could you not be?
1: Man, it, it is. And it's embarrassing to be a, an Oilers fan.
0: Like yeah, I don't Vancouver feel there's
1: a point behind us.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't feel an embarrassment. Like I, I, I just, I, I'm like in shock. It's like, you know, you, you think all summer you, you see kind of, you know, what you think is going to improve this team, you know, bringing in Zach Hyman um, having kind of the same weapons, the only thing I was really hypercritical of is we didn't do anything about the goaltending. We went status quo. And to me, that was the biggest area of concern. Um, uh, you know, okay, we... we I thought we kind of, you know, bringing in Keith, shipping out Caleb Jones and, and, and a pick. I think that's a, you know, a bit of an improvement, although the cost is heavy. Um y- I, I kind of think in my head that, you know, we traded Ethan bear for Warren Fogle. Um, we, we lost a little bit of defensive capability, but brought in, you know, some somebody to kind of help try to strengthen the the bottom six and, and that kind of made a spot for, um, Evan Bouchard and, you know, bringing back Barry. Okay. That's your power play kind of uh, quarterback sort of specialist guy. Um, I I didn't, I I didn't think we really downgraded our D I thought if anything, it would kind of held held the same, or if not, got a little bit better losing Larson, you lost a little bit of that tenacity, but kind of gained some puck moving ability. And that's probably one of the things that Connor liked, um, you know, having guys that could get him the puck, um, and I'm just, I'm in utter disbelief because I, I believed in this group. I, I didn't think we were as good as the start, but I definitely didn't think we'd be a team that is struggling to win a game against anybody, you know, and yeah, I'll be shocked, but almost wouldn't surprise me either. If they hold their own against the better teams in the league, It's they're such a Jekyll and Hyde kind of, kind of team. And they've, they've been that way for a long time. You know, they, they underestimate the, the teams that they should take to the woodshed. And the really good teams, they play their asses off and, and kind of come out okay sometimes. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, and to me, it's just like, you know, you, you try to think of, and some people say an identity doesn't matter. I think it does because it, it, it sets like the tone of, of how you're going to play. This team doesn't beat anybody up physically. They're not like the 90s Oilers that you you walk out of a game and you knew you played one cuz you know they were they were racking up 50 to 100 hits in a game. Um it's 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 not that way and Hey, we know, ran
1: they, into the goalie last night. That's an improvement. <laughs> like, there was, there was yeah yeah. 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 I mean, this team lacks in its, uh, ability to drive the net. I, I want to get to some, there's uh, been a lot of comments on, uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Twitch, um, uh, Shannon says, we're seeing how important Nuge is to the team right now, uh, missing him on, uh, obviously the PP, the PK, um, we haven't touched on that tonight. Let's talk chat quickly, quickly about that, um, jeff on youtube uh been an oilers fan since 79 and have had enough of the absolute tire fire of this team uh and then uh brave 187 on youtube does do you guys think keith will retire next year if he does edmonton will get his cap in another three mil um yeah i don't know where to start i i want to start on one thing and then and mike i'll let you comment on the things the being an oilers fan since 79 i haven't I've been an Oilers fan that long cuz I'm, I'm not old enough to remember them playing in 79. I'm not that far behind, but <laughs> but um I'll tell you this, the one thing that uh you know, the absolute tire fire this team has become. I mean, the here's the thing, is this team in its in its organizationally from the top all the way down to the bottom. I look at, you know, guys like Tippett, guys like Holland and I, and I like Holland, don't get me wrong. And, I, and I'm sure Tippett's a fine gentleman. Um, but this team seems to be lacking in the areas of innovation that other teams have embraced over the, over the years recently. And, and, it, and it shows in hires like Holland, shows in hires like Tippett. It shows in the type of trades that they make. And, um, you know, it's, it just, it shows in everything. And, and so I don't think this, this team is, has become a tire fire. I just think they haven't evolved with the rest of the league and, you know, that the challenge, you know, we always called it the old boys club. I think that's still there. That sort of idea, this whole traditional aspect of of the team, but you look at a team like Toronto who, while they haven't been able to get out of the first round, you know, they, they continually find players that meet the needs, whether it's adding in, you don't need to go all in on analytics, but at least do a little bit, right. You know, and, and do a little bit of everything like our own uh, Ryan Lotzberg wrote on HeavyHockey.com about how he would play the bottom six. So if you guys go there and look, and he uses analytics to come up with some, some line combinations. I just don't feel like that sort of thing has ever been done. Uh, with this team. So there's that. And then there's the Ryan New- Nugent Hopkins thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, Shannon, without a doubt, he's so important to this team. And then as far as Keith, uh, retiring, um, I don't know. I mean, Keith, um, I, I just think he'll, I, I feel like he's going to play it out. Uh, if he retired, it would be so great, but I, <laughs> I just can't see us being that lucky. <laughs> Anyway. Okay. Mike, your, your thoughts on all of that stuff. It is your show, but I'm kind of taking.
0: <laughs> uh, well, you know what, uh, I'll start at the, what you finished with. I, I honestly believe that, uh, that was Duncan Keith's best game last night. It was against the Ottawa senators. So I don't know how much stock you want to put into that, but the, the passing was, was crisp and on the tape. And, uh, you know his reads were good, and uh, I thought him and Nurse were were pretty solid last night. You know, maybe having the switch of of CC um, go with Nurse and um, doing that uh, might have might have helped out. Um, I did I didn't mind his game. Is he going to walk away at the end of the season? I, I I would say it probably depends on how the rest of the season goes for the guy. Um, you know, if if they're if they're shitty the rest of the way maybe that pushes him to retirement too um you know i think i think he did honestly believe that this was a good team and he was walking into a good situation and felt like he he could help them somewhat and uh you know if that totally backfires maybe that you know um, makes him decide to spend more time with the family and, and escape kind of the aggravation and, and, uh, you know, do us a favor at the same time by giving us another five and a half million to spend on somebody else. But, uh, we'll see what goes on there. Um, definitely miss Nuge on, on the power play, uh, that that's evident, you know, he, he might not rack up the points, but he sure controls play along the walls and, and, um, you know, make smart decisions and, and good reads and good passes there. And, and uh, you know, when he has his opportunities, that guy still has a lethally accurate wrist shot. And I, I, would rather see him on the PP than, than not, but you know, injuries happen and you have to be able to play through it. Other teams go through it. Um, we're, we're pretty healthy now. And he's really the only one that's. Uh,
1: and, and he, when he's that far down the depth chart, right? Like not saying he's far down the depth chart, but teams usually like look at Tampa Bay, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. you know, they could, when they, they got top guys out, other guys step up. We just haven't had that. I don't know if it's, you know, been talking about the coaching all night, but. Um, T-
0: T- Tampa Bay can, can run to the Stanley Cup final before they need Kucherov. Yeah. Like that. that's like taking McDavid or Drysdale out of this lineup. Well, where would we be? Not very far. I can tell you that. That I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as for the lifelong Oilers fan uh, thing, I mean, I think my first vivid memory of the Oilers is uh, there's a new bunch on the block by name. The Oilers have just won the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, that's, I was eight years old when we won our first cup. And, and uh, you know, I, I remember that call pretty, pretty vividly. Um, so it's, you know, you've been in this for a long time. You've invested a lot of man hours and, you uh, you went through the decade of darkness. And I think if it wasn't for Alice Hemsky and Ryan Smith, a lot of us probably would have walked away because there was not much else to, to cheer for. And then you kind of take a deep breath. Oh, we've landed McDavid. So everything is going to be good and we're going to get back to the promised land. And now, you know, you're, you're really questioning, well, are we, you know, is that going to happen or what's it going to take? And I I don't know. I don't have a clear cut answer for that. Like, you know, if you bring in a a true bona fide number one goalie is, is that enough to, to, to get it done? And I, I'm not convinced that that's it either. I mean, Tampa Bay has a really deep team and then they have Vasilevsky who's, you know, if not the best goalie in the league, he's easily in the top five. So I, I think there's a lot that needs to happen here.
1: Yeah. We're no, and we're nowhere near like, you know, we can't even begin to start thinking Stanley Cup yet because we're nowhere near those teams. We're nowhere near Colorado. We're nowhere near Tampa Bay.
0: Right now, now, now it's a matter like I, I thought at the beginning of the season. You know, if Tippett doesn't win a round, he's he's got to go. I, I was kind of the three strikes you're out. Do we even make the playoffs now? Like it's it's a it's a serious question mark. Like the, you know, the '90s Oilers this this was where they were and then they would have a hell of a run and they would squeak in. Do these guys do that? Like, do they have another good run in them? Because they're going to need it. Like, they've dug it after that great start. Now they've dug that hole where where they're going to need like a, a lights out run again.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it is, this team is capable of it, right? As we saw at the beginning of the season, they're capable of putting goals uh, in the net. You know, they're capable of doing enough things. They, they should be a playoff team. There's no doubt. As, as I've said, you know, you could go back to pretty much any episode, <laughs> right? I always say if I had McDavid and, and on the on my team, I should be able to uh, at least make the playoffs. Where you go from there is, you know, dependent on other factors. But, you know, at the very least, you should be making the playoffs
0: you know I don't I don't even want to think about this but I'm going to say it anyway are are we are we headed for a, another summer you know it's probably not going to be in a log cabin again but it it, it almost feels like deja vu with Wayne asking to be you know I promised Mess I wouldn't do this like are, is is that where this is going and and I'm sorry but I I got to ask it like seeing Connor's face last night you 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 almost think like Jesus Christ, we're at, we're at that point where he might be wanting out of this.
1: Well, and, it, and, uh, and I
0: don't, I don't want to think that because he's got his best. Well, like Darnell and, and Leon are the guy's best friends. Right. And they're on his team. So you want to think like it's one for all and all for one and all that, but I don't know.
1: Here, here's my thought on that because it would, it would piss me off to no end if, if we ever, you know, if it ever ends up in my inbox or I see it on Twitter that Connor's asked for a asked for a trade and it goes and it goes to exactly what I was talking about is, is there are elements of this team that are Connor's doing right? Like there are things that I know, you know, he talked, he talked about it. He said, look, Holland's great. He's always been very open and transparent,
0: right? Maybe that, maybe that helps keep him here then.
1: Well, <laughs> I mean, if, <laughs> I mean, at the very least, he better take some pride in the stuff he had a part in, right? And say, you know what? You know, I had a part in this. I want to win with this squad. Right? Like, I, so, if he if he was to, you know, if he was to ever ask for a trade, and I, I don't think we're there yet, at least I hope we're not. But if he ever does, then guarantee I'm, I'll be, you know, <laughs> one of those people at the next game that's that's uh, maybe booing him for leaving, right? Like, I, you know, I mean, I, I just did, did to me ever... this is this is his team. But hey, I don't want to talk about it because, um, because I like I I like Connor McDavid. I think I think as I've said, you know, repeatedly, he's the he's probably uh, if not the best player uh, we've seen in forever. He is definitely one of. He's got some. Some things he will continue to work on. And, he, you know, he seems to, he does, he seems to, um, other than this slump, he seems to get better at certain things year over year. And I and I'd like to think that we haven't even seen the best of Connor McDavid yet. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I'm just, I don't think we're there yet, but I think the, where we're at right now the, today is that, you know, the Oilers lost to the 30th place team. And uh, if they're not calling a press conference tomorrow, then they've missed the only opportunity they have to right this ship. And that's, that's my view of it.
0: You ever boo Wayne?
1: No, I wouldn't boo Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) Wayne, Wayne though accomplished something in his time with Edmonton. Right. Like
0: more than individual accolades. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: and that's, and that's just it. Like, you know,
0: and, (laughs) And Wayne, was I, sold. I hesitate. Wayne, Wayne was sold anyway. Yeah.
1: I hesitate to say all these things because look, I, yeah. I like, I'm, I'm a big Connor McDavid fan. You go into my Jersey collection and, and he's the only Jersey I've ever had uh, a number of it's ah, a lie. I had Messier, <laughs> but um, you know, they, um, that's it. So I, you know, I hesitate with all that and I'm, and I'm not putting any of this on Connor McDavid, you, you, uh to me this is a this is a coaching thing but at some point the whole team's gotta you know
0: you know what come you, to you, jesus you, here yeah Mitch Jesus. you you can criticize connor without being critical of connor too yeah and yeah people, that's exactly and, right. and people need to learn that like you know is he a fabulous player yes is he the the most electrifying player we've ever seen yes you know, is he going to go down in time as probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time? Maybe. We'll see. But are there things that he still needs to work on 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 his game? Yes. Yes. And, you know, that's not a shot at him. I, I mean, I, I watch, you You know, I, I watch a, a lot of 90s NBA basketball and there was nobody that worked harder on their games than Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah, you know, for sure. He, he would listen to people say, you know, you can't play defense. He goes out and wins a defensive player of the year. You, you know, like every, everything that people would point out as a weakness, he would turn that into a strength. And, and, that's, and that's what Connor needs to do. I mean, Ovechkin, Ovechkin was the same way. You know, he only plays offense. He's taken three and a half minute shifts in overtime. Well, he worked on that. And he worked on his defensive game. And they ended up winning a Stanley Cup. You know, he changed the way he played. Part of that was to do with the coaching change, though, too. Yeah, and, and him listening and him buying in. The same thing happened with Michael Jordan. He was a great offensive player. Doug Collins was his coach. You go do whatever you want, Michael. It's all on you. They lose to the Detroit Pistons. The Bulls fired Doug Collins. They bring in Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson tells Michael, you got to distribute to these other guys out there so you don't get exhausted and you can win games. It's, it's too easy to guard one guy. It's harder to guard five. They win six championships. I mean, and I I think that's where we're at. You know, what happened last night? Well, we play Connor and Leon 25 minutes, exhaust them. The other guys are hungry and they're, they're going, but we're not giving them any time.
1: That was the strategy after 10 days off, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) That was all the, all the game tape, all the, everything, all the practices that was the strategy.
0: Yeah. I mean, they had, they probably had the energy to escape, but, so did the other guys, you know, give him some time. It looks like, honestly, like Fogel and MIG or uh, Fogel and Yamamoto were having fun. Okay. So now, you, you know, like, and I don't know, just, and, and the decisions with Puliarvi. RV, I mean, give the guy some time. He, he, he's, he's tenacious. Like, you know, you, you got an extra man on and, and he's not out there. Like, I, I, I don't know. It just, from a tactical standpoint, I, I have questions with Dave Tippett and from a deployment standpoint, I have questions with the guy. He'll do things that are genius. You know, he'll create the dry the Yamamoto uh, Nuge line. they will be the best line in the NHL and then you'll break it up for absolutely no reason and wait forever to put them back together and lose any chemistry they ever had. You yeah. know, it's, it's like, it's not broken, but let's fix it. Like he's, sometimes just outthinks himself like there's genius in his coaching and then it's all taken away with (laughs) the 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 other end of it Uh, it just i and i still don't really have a grasp of what he's trying to get them to do from a tactical standpoint like sometimes they'll play a high pressure game and sometimes they don't and mixing things up i think is essential in the nhl but it's almost like you've lost everybody by overthinking and and not having like i say a a bona fide identity like you know are are you a skill team or are you a uh, a pressure team i just i don't know i don't know and it seems like you know like like watching last night it, it was like connor against everybody and and you know usually him and leon have have chemistry and they're working the puck back and forth and and making things happen and i didn't really see that last night like i don't know
1: yeah well, hey, I'm uh it's about quarter after one out here on the east coast.
0: Thanks for coming on.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean thanks for having me. I'm glad I could fill in for Dash. Probably uh none of what I said he probably agrees with, but actually I think we're on the same boat on a lot of things right now. In fact, I you know what? I think most Oilers fans are in the same boat for a lot of things. We've got a few different arguments on how to get there but the one thing we can all agree on is this team's broken <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah um oh, and, and it's and, and then you know there's the other end of it where people are like well we've went through coaches we i don't know if you don't have the right one you got to keep looking
1: <laughs> i'd say i'd say that side of the house right now even the you know the specters and and yeah. um those guys right now they're they're probably you know at the point where they're like, to me, I just, I can't see there being much argument anymore, right? Like, the only person that is going to hang on and, and, you know, like, if if Dave Tippett tomorrow gets fired, if there is a press conference and Dave Tippett gets fired, uh, I'll just, I'll tell you that, you know, Specter's next article will say, you know, the writing was on the wall. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, and and in that he'll say, look, you can't go, you know, the last 12 games behind the bench and, and lose straight when you've got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, that'll be Specter's article. Yeah. And, and and I, and I'm not gonna, I, I won't be calling him a hypocrite for saying it because, because he's right. Right. At this point, he's right. I mean, he could have been, he might've been wrong before or, or, you know, at the, at that moment in time, he might've been even right, but nothing changed since that day. And so, you know, like that's, that's going to be the article everybody writes. If Tippett gets let go tomorrow is, is at some point you got to pay the popper. Right. And if you lose 12 in a row and you've got the two best players in the world, you, like it shouldn't come as any surprise to Tippett if he gets that phone call.
0: <laughs> and i right. shouldn't really come to and i don't think it'll come to a shock to any fans either
1: no no like you know i mean maybe maybe people will argue that there are other things that can be done but this has to be the least of which that you can do in the near term like no gm there's not gms lining up to make a trade with the oilers tonight right? um you know and and you always need a dancing partner to
0: make a trade there probably are but we are not exactly dealing from a position of strength so yeah
1: yeah exactly so so that's where we're at uh yeah so it's um it's uh it's time i think (laughs) (laughs) it's time for me i i mean i uh Yeah. gonna get some sleep and hopefully we'll wake up to the morning to some news that the team's made some changes we'll see what they are.
0: Yeah. It's, it's pretty grim right now. So, you know, hopefully it's, it's not another status quo, uh, press conference. Uh, I guess that remains (laughs) to be seen, but, uh, yeah, we will let you go. We will say good night and, uh, hopefully, you know, there's something to be optimistic about, uh, after Thursday's game against the Florida Panthers, although that seems pretty scary right now. Um, As I say every night to close, you know, keep your sticks on the ice, keep reaching for the stars, and go Oilers, go. Have a good night.